Due to some recent cases, people have started demanding changing laws related to rape. But is that going to help? Hello everyone. I am Rahul. I am Prasanna Naidu. And you are listening to the Right News Podcast. Okay Rahul sir, let's get straight to this. It's the Hathras gang rape case, which uh, was pretty much amplified in the media. I don't know what were the reasons or intentions. But uh, we know that it is not the first case which is so heinous in nature. Uh, such cases keep on ha- happening and media cherry picks cases and runs their uh, propagandas and narratives according to their needs and circumstances. But the problem here in this episode we are going to discuss is changing laws related to rape or a certain crime. Is that the solution or we need judicial reforms because the system itself is, if I can use the word handicapped or paralyzed, what do you say about it? You are absolutely right. Actually, you know, the first instance of law and order is not the laws itself. The laws itself are broadly wherever they are. The first instance is actually the implementation of laws. And that whole aspect of implementing the laws is the uh, premise of judicial judicial system. And I must say that being a lawyer myself and uh, having seen the judicial uh, system working, it needs serious reforms. And, uh, you know, uh, they say that procedure is handmaiden of justice. Uh, what we see even in Hathras case or even in very other uh, many other uh, criminal as well as civil cases is that procedure and judicial process, the judicial delays and uh, the whole investigation process up till the point where you get conviction, the entire process subverts the whole idea of justice. So we need a reform in justice system and judicial system. And that is the not just need of the hour, it was the need of the last century probably. But uh, yes, definitely we need a lot of reform in this process, in this judicial system. Uh, yeah, so let's give some idea to the audience who are not familiar with the system. Whenever a crime happens, you go to the police station to lodge a complaint. If it's a cognizable offense, a FIR is to be lodged and then the Police. So the difference is, if it's a non-cognizable offense, you file a like a kacha complaint. A, yeah, it's called yeah, NC. NC, but yeah. in the local uh, language, people uh, even the police say it as a kacha complaint, something mm. like that, and uh, which is of no use. It's just a record in their uh, books where it it mentions. Maybe it is used for statistics. That's the only purpose. I don't say. Do you really believe that? <laughs> You, if you start, uh, let me uh, just uh, highlight. See, what happens is a crime is committed. Let's say a crime is committed at a certain uh, you know, point and space. And, you know, different crimes are, you, you don't have, there is a difference between the time the crime is committed and the time it, people become aware of the crime. Let's say, for example, uh, let's say it's, it's because every crime is different. So if there is a, a bank robbery where at night, the decoits come and steal some money out of the cash out of the bank. Then the crime is committed in the night, but 
it is known only later so it starts from the time crime is committed then when people get to know then when people report to the police then what kind of cognizance police takes okay because there is this is called the first information okay now the first information is sort of analyzed by the officer who sits there at the desk and then it is converted either into an fir or a non cognizable complaint and then it moves into the next level where investigation starts and you know first of all is the statement of the person who is reporting the crime and then the investigation officer is assigned to the case and investigation officer conducts an inquiry now he visits the premises let's say it's a bank robbery then he visits the bank and then ideally seals off all the you know the entire place so that he gets the fingerprints and everything and uh, then he forms his opinion as to who is the suspect in this case and who is the possible potential not actual but potential uh, criminal in this case and then he sort of takes them into custody for questioning and when he takes them into custody he has got 24 hours just to enquire about it and then after 24 hours however he has to report it to the magistrate and the magistrate decides whether it is important for the police to you know in, investigate further and it is important in such cases where information is dependent on the person who is accused himself okay so for example he himself is the record keeper then you need to enquire about him a little more because he is not going to share his records with you and incriminate himself and this is particularly true of financial crimes because it's very difficult to track them without uh, information that he is giving thereafter the magistrate may say that now you are, you cannot enquire from him any more and you have to uh, keep him in judicial custody and that is only if there is a risk that he will escape he will flee and he will not be caught thereafter only in those cases there is a judicial custody otherwise you know he's uh, you know free otherwise and then uh, when the investigation is complete and you see that he is or some person is accused no, here also uh, that accused has to apply for bail right yes if uh, like if he is committed to judicial custody he has to apply for bail if he is not committed i mean there is magistrates take it everything as you know now he will be committed to judicial custody it's not required uh, you know judicial custody is also dependent on whether this person is a risk is there a likelihood of him being a criminal that is the first case magistrate has to look for and then is he a uh, you know a risk that he will flee or he will abscond and if such cases are there or he will destroy evidence all these instances are the supporting reasons for judicial custody but if there are no such existence of such uh, reasons then no judicial custody is not required however magistrates don't apply their mind they just condemn everyone to judicial custody that's why there is a bail process and there is a whole thing going on yeah but, even here uh, if the accused is not aware about his rights or he doesn't hire engage any lawyer then uh, he simply goes to judicial custody because Uh, he was not knowing that he can apply for bail, and one if he had applied for bail, like made the application, 
then 100% you, you would have gone bail and you would have been out right no i will tell you there are uh, let's first let me finish this process because there are some ways you there are some tricks involved let me tell you those uh, once we finish this so let's say the police uh, complete the investigation the accused is still in judicial custody and this uh, police suspect that this accused is the one who has committed the crime then they uh, prepare a charge sheet and it is filed in the criminal court the criminal court then hears it and then uh, extends his custody or grants him bail depending on whatever is the process and uh, Bro, then what how much time does it take for a we'll come to that to <laughs> we'll come to that there are lots of uh, you know nitty gritties there but then uh, presumably let's say the police have done their job well and he the, the accused is actually guilty and then the court finds him so then uh, uh, you know he's uh, then the co- court passes a statement of his conviction and then there is a separate hearing to determine the term of his imprisonment based on the gravity of the crime the situation involved so their uh, sentencing is done uh, whether it is imprisonment fine both all sorts of things are discussed and it is done both of these the conviction and sentencing are up to uh, appeal so it is goes to the next court and there is an appeal process and that process from the next court it goes to high court after first appeal they have a second appeal if there is no uh, provision for appeal then you go file a writ petition criminal writ petition saying that this is wrong conviction it gets overturned you file a uh, you know writ petition to quash the fir to quash the charge sheet all these process can be you know you can avail until it finally reaches uh, to the supreme court and whatever you know you can exhaust all your remedies there now in case of uh, life sentence more importantly in case of where uh, it is a heinous crime and the accused has been sentenced to death then high court and supreme courts are also involved there is a uh, review petition curative petition there is a mercy petition also all these processes are involved and it goes to the president of india also if the accused has got the financial wherewithal to carry out all this process now if you look at uh, now let's go to the <laughs> nitty gritties now imagine that you have an information of a crime let's say you see a person robbing another person then you can call your police number which is 100 in india mostly um or you if you know the number of the local police station you say that this person is being robbed and there are three people so and so on, whatever it is that information has to be recorded now the police may not record it okay if it's a 100 number i have in my own personal experience i have seen a person beating a, a lady on the footpath near bombay high court and i called 100 number and there was no one picking up the number <laughs> so this is the tragedy of the system i mean uh, luckily there was a police station uh, you know uh, very close chowky. by chowky ha uh, chowky so i went there and i told the inspector and then he you know sent one hawaldar uh, to investigate but my point is this that you know in information recording itself there is a gap now how do you describe a fight suppose i have a stone and i beat a person 
इट्स अ ग्रीवस असॉल्ट ओके द पोलिस हाथापाई हो गई ना वॉट इज हाथापाई हाथापाई मीन्स इट्स लाइक यू नो इट्स अ लिटिल altercation but it is not grievous in nature so it becomes non cognizable and then they use these words and convert it into a non cognizable so if you go to the next level then once the police start investigating the accused you know there is a police register where when the accused is brought in he has to be entered ki this person has been brought in have you ever seen a police register at the uh, you know uh, police station i have never seen there there has to be a record that this accused was brought in at 11 am in the police station because from there 24 hours time limit starts he police have 24 hours to uh, interrogate him but police what they do is that they bring him in they don't put him in a cell or something they just make him sit there they make him sit from for more than 24 hours okay he is not uh, in the cell or he's they talk to him mm. but he, you know he is already trying to get information but he is not shown as you know technically being brought in now they show him as being brought in let's say after 24 hours after 12 hours 18 hours okay so that time is now expanded now second thing is once you bring a person in and put him in a cell you have to go for a medical examination because there have to be you know what are his pre existing injuries everything has to be documented by the medical officer and then he is given you know then police can interrogate him and then he can ask for medi- you know medical examination again to check whether police have hurt him beat him tortured him all these things can be exposed but there is no medical examination of any person who is uh put in a cell at the time at i mean before putting him in the cell so it is brought in you have to first take him to a medical examiner there is a report to be made and then you have to take him into custody so this custody without examination it happens then whatever happens <laughs> then you have uh, you know judicial custody judicial custody is like a glorified jail okay it's not jail it's not as bad as jail you don't have a uniform and all that that's they show in the movie but it's like a relaxed jail now the beauty is if the whatever time you spend in judicial custody counts towards your sentence so if your sentence is 6 months you have spent more than 6 months in judicial custody you don't need to go to prison so when sanjay dat went in that tada case people had advised him that you know you stay in judicial custody it is better then police you are, you are more comfortable people can visit you everything can happen <laughs> then going into prison but he tried to get out of that judicial custody and then he had to go to prison okay because the sentence has to be completed whatever your sentencing is it's 4 years 5 years whatever it is the more time you spend in judicial custody the better it is so is there really a difference between judicial custody and prison like yes, the jail yes there is a lot of difference in uh, those two judicial custody is like a you know relaxed remand home so, so the, there is police custody police custody is in the police station there is a cell where you are held ah right like a jail only right okay right. but it's hmm. like a, a in the police station hmm. okay now the police can question you at any time in the presence of your advisor 
and do and, a lot of things <laughs> yeah and uh, do lot of things and whatever they are allowed to do so they and do, they are not allowed to do also yeah whatever <laughs> let's not get into that so that is one you know one part of the holding of the pre, uh, accused let's then the think. second part is the judicial custody so judicial custody so the custody basically you know the word tells you that custody is like you know like custody of children custody of asset the responsibility of the person is now with police in police custody in judicial the responsibility of the accused is on the judiciary in prison it is in charge of the prison warden or uh, the prison system so there are these are the three different custodies that you have now in judicial custody if you want to interrogate or talk to this person you have to take judicial permission which means the permission of the magistrate which means every time you go to the thing it you have to go to the magistrate first or take a permission and then go and talk to this fellow you can also get home cooked food if magistrate allows you which you can understand the implications he you know what are all the possibilities that magistrates will allow you to have these luxuries delivered to your judicial cell but judicial custody it is allowed a, a certain leeway is allowed based on the discretion of the magistrate and magistrate has to decide based on the facts not his whims and fancies but it's supposed to be on basis of facts that uh, is he, is the person uh, likely uh, to have committed the crime and uh, what is the weight of the evidence is he just being brought in for harassment what exactly the magistrate has to apply his mind and decide whether how much leniency to show the accused in this process so this is the uh, part where once you are committed to judicial custody you are in the custody for period of 15 days and extended thereafter by the magistrate depending on uh, the requirements of the investigation and if it is more than 15 days then you can apply for bail you know you can say ki you know my investigation is over i am not a threat to the witnesses or to the uh, evidence or i am not uh, a risk uh, in terms of absconding or fleeing the country or these kinds of things and once you are able able to satisfy the judge that you are basically not going to run away then you know the judge allows you a bail so where you can go back to your life the investigation is over so that is in a sense uh, you know lots of things can happen within this process itself the investigation all this all this process is before the actual case starting right yes this is uh, still the police have not even filed a charge sheet they have not even started the proper investigation not, no they may have started an investigation but they have definitely not completed the investigation, investigation so maybe right. fingerprints are still pending and what happens is you know you have the proof this person has done it the fingerprints are there but the fingerprint the forensic lab is taking two months to process the fingerprints then what will you do so then you know after 15 days it's open for the accused to ask for bail and that is where everything collapses so this we have not even reached the court okay <laughs> once we reach the court and there is a uh, there is a whole new process at the court stage so what happens is you file a complaint in case of a criminal case uh, once the fir is filed investigation has to be done by the police 
and they have to file a charge sheet based on the investigation ye these these are the charges and uh, the accused must be tried for these charges and punished and Correct. after the charge sheet has been filed in the court mm-hmm. that is the moment when the actual court trial begins yes and then the court trial goes on then there's all those of it so there are two aspects what we have discussed this first aspect is the investigative side of the uh, thing that needs a reform which is a separate question and we'll, we can go into you know detail there but that is a separate question altogether then on starts the court process and that has its own delays built in how, how much time does it take to file a charge sheet <laughs> oh that's a open ended question and that this is how actually uh, you know many times and in fact uh, in case of uh, justice loya also a popular uh, case for the so called left liberals to challenge it's very easy to uh, sort of subvert a case at the investigation stage because there is not much oversight there and there is not much record there is easy to you know it's malleable on the investigative side so all sorts of things including filing the charge sheet you can take lot of delay to file a charge sheet and then the case becomes weak because why did you take so long to file a charge sheet that itself becomes a reason yeah and for example in that uh... JNU case of that Kanaiya Kumar, hmm. uh, the charge sheet was filed after around two or three years. Okay, and uh, I just read some article uh, of Hindustan Times where they were claiming that according to a study, charge sheet in Mumbai, like Mumbai police files a charge sheet after nine point, it takes around nine point two months at an average to file a charge sheet. But uh, in CRPC, the actual criminal procedure code it is uh, mentioned that the charge sheet must be filed i think between 60 to 90 days that is 2 to 3 months right yes actually the police the investigating officer has to take an extension for that for filing the charge sheet but anyways these all things they don't happen there are lots of procedural issues in that but what actually happens is that lot of times the cr- investigation itself takes a long time okay just because you have an accused in custody doesn't mean you know he has committed you know in all, in all honesty uh, he could be just an informer or he he could be a you know uh, a bystander for all you know the accused you know who is really accused that is also a question who have they found, caught okay so it definitely not doesn't always uh, you know the investigation doesn't get over in 80 90 days 60 to 90 days and then uh, there is an extension to be given and police have to prove uh, uh, you know they have to satisfy the magistrate as to why this extension has to be granted all these procedure the law exists but in reality or you know most of the time you know delay there is a delay why there is a delay there is no cogent reason given but magistrate knows that you know the police are overworked and actually in reality police are they are Hmm. so it's not possible to investigate the kind of you know the we have very uh, less police resources as compared to what we should be having so in all honesty they would be saying you know um, this forensic lab has not yet filed its report uh, it has been 3 months so please give us extension and the magistrate is supposed to give an extension so all these things 
contribute to the delay and that's why the delay is higher now let's say you know if you want to analyze fingerprints so number of fingerprints to be analyzed will be more okay because there will be like 50 fingerprints to be analyzed half will be of you know people who are irrelevant to the crime you know but there will be like one or two which are the critical ones which prove your crime or which prove that the accused was there or something of that sort but for that you have to go through all the 50 80 100 whatever and it has to be done in a proper scientific manner so in any case whenever there is a fingerprint footprint and it gets worse when it is a footprint or a you know plaster cast of a footprint because that takes even longer because there are further you know i mean there are lesser number of experts who can analyze that if it's dna then you are condemned for three years not no charge sheet because the dna lab is uh, having a backlog which is you know uh, very long so all these things contribute uh, immensely to the delays and that is why the charge sheet itself gets filed only you know subsequently by the time the police officer who was investigating officer gets retired then another <laughs> person comes and there is a whole new system going on so all these things happen yeah even the magistrate or the judge gets uh, transferred yeah everything can change in you know if you are having a 8 to 9 months time a lot of things can change accused himself dies then the criminal procedure actually you know uh, comes to an end so all these things happen Basically, what we are saying is what you see in Bollywood movies is complete crap. <laughs> like the one judge hearing the case, uh, the whole case, and that too in one stretch, examination, cross-examination, everything happening on the same day, and even the judgment given on the same day sometimes. <laughs> yes, that is impossible, you know. Like they should show that, I think there is one ad for kit ply or some plywood, you know, like, you know, the, the advocates keep getting older and older, judge also keeps getting older, but the plywood remains the same. I think that is more relevant, you know, like every time he's about to give a decision, the other fellow says, objection, my lord, and then, you know, the whole thing goes back. So... That's more realistic because it takes a long time to just enter the doors of the court system. Okay. I think the recent movies which are coming up uh, related to judiciary, they are showing some, at least something more relatable to the reality. But the previous movies are complete crap. Like for example, I think uh, there's a good movie in Marathi named Court, which is very realistic. And in Jolly LLB also, they, are, they have shown some parts like where... No, the really courts actually wear you out. Okay. So, what happens is that you, you might have a case there, but adjournment is granted. But adjournment is granted is fine, but the next date is not told to you till the end of the day. So, you waste your whole day. Okay. Now, you because you are criminal... Okay, okay. Let, let's come to this then. Uh, what are the reasons of these delays? So, it's not only police we are uh, blaming, but there are other things also. For example, adjournments, as you pointed out. So, adjournments is nothing but uh, the lawyer or the party, one of the parties, asked for the next date. Like, they asked for some time that uh, whatever ta task was to be done on that hearing can't be done due to so and so reason. So, please grant us a, a future date, your lordship. Yes. Or so, every time the reason is not rational, legal. Legal. yes, 
so every time uh, <laughs> see adjustment <laughs> is a strategy okay suppose i know my case doesn't have merit then i will go in and choose a strategy called adjournment where i will postpone and postpone and postpone and you know and uh, see it is there are two advocates so public prosecutor in this criminal system or in civil cases government pleader and the advocate of the party okay god forbid if there are more than these two okay by Which chance is, if there yes. are more than two parties then there are three advocates and each advocate has his or her own ailments to rely on to get adjournment okay now public prosecutor or the government pleader is never briefed by the government or the you know police they never tell the public prosecutor that what exactly is the update on the case so that can be the sole reason for the public prosecutor to take time i don't know what is happening i have to talk to the police now ideally the police should be briefing the public prosecutor on a daily basis or a regular basis at least weekly basis at least at least before the hearing at least before the hearing now this is a low bar but yes but you know the the public prosecutor often meets the policeman right in front of the judge okay mm-hmm. till that time he hasn't seen the policeman okay yeah. and there he has a kai chalu hai so then he asks right in front of the judge ki what is the status of the case then the policeman says ki there is no change it's the same we are awaiting the report from forensic lab now this is i am giving you a genuine reason yeah. okay so if this is the case then the is you know we are still awaiting the you know report from the forensic lab or whatever report we are awaiting so then the judge says okay so next what date do you want and then it goes 3 months or 2 months or 3 weeks 4 weeks depending on whatever is the uh, situation it goes for that and however the date and whatever is communicated the whole thing takes whole days okay because the person the accused and his family or whoever is coming to represent him they have to remain present for the whole day they get waste it gets wasted okay one and time the hearing actually uh, stands for around 5 minutes or 10 minutes also 5 minutes yes for that 5 minutes you have to wait the whole day now in some sometimes after 20 occasions where government uh, pleader or public prosecutor or uh, the government side opponent side is taking you know is not uh, or is taking adjournments then the client or the uh, accused he sometimes skips he doesn't come mm. so then he tells the police that you know i have fever or something and gives a doctor certificate and then that is the reason for the Uh, other party to take it no this is uh, <laughs> every time also people don't give some certificate also they just say yeah, yeah because courts also know okay you know after 20 times he has this has been adjourned if there is any reason for him to be present then anyways so that is one cause of adjournment sometimes the lawyers get sick so yes. accused is there but lawyer is not there so that again they get wasted mm. or is the lawyer has some other important matter in some other court that also so, so in all such cases this goes on postponing and you know there is never a you know ki uh, uh, today's case gets adjourned to tomorrow it never happens it gets adjourned to 3 weeks 2 weeks next, next month, month yeah. two months and that's how it keeps happening and it depends completely depends on the matter depends on the parties and the judge uh, i have also heard like i 
not seen it in criminal cases but in civil cases i have uh, heard the judge giving date after 6 months 8 months also <laughs> probably in high courts and all no in see in, in if you are in second appeals mm. you are in in civil second appeals land dispute or these kinds of second appeals where question of law is involved and you are you know filing a second appeal in last one or two years then you have to go next year okay <laughs> this is not this year because the backlog is from you know 91 matters 97 matters 2001 matters those are pending so 2011 matters are still in backlog only they are not even 2020 matters are you know so fresh that the <laughs> paper is also not yet yellowed so they say <laughs> you know this i am not going to take only First and the paper and the paper has not been misplaced also <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is another thing papers are not found <laughs> all these issues and that is because of the workload see you know the question so this of, is another uh, reason for adjournments many times case files itself are not find, found by the court <laughs> no that is that is one aspect but uh, the thing is you know if you have matters which are pending from 97 you know in 97 what you were doing i'm sure nobody knows okay and courts are supposed to have that record because the case is still in progress second appeal i mean i'm talking about high courts here but there are lots of uh, cases even in the district court or uh, sessions court uh, stage and the amount of paperwork that is needs to be done just by the office of the uh, court it takes a long time okay and that means ki you know even to file a proper report of the court proceedings of the day it takes 2 3 days that time 3 days work has already happened so you have a tremendous amount of workload at the court stage the court is completely understaffed at uh, district and session court level even at the magistrate court level and uh, the amount of uh, work uh, you know the paperwork the workload itself and every small thing is a cause of delay like if you want to send a notice of appearance to a person that whole process is a process and it takes 4-5 yeah. days and you know to get the process underway you know then it is supposed to be posted in a registered ad post speed post ad now speed post ad takes longer than your normal courier if you send by normal courier it is not accepted you have to send by uh, acknowledgement due post then if you send by acknowledgement due post then it is recognized if it is still not traceable you have to show the map on the website they show the tracking so that tracking map you have to show if that tracking map doesn't show it is because it you know if you are sending from mumbai to let's say aurangabad or uh, to kolhapur then it is goes to pune and then disappears <laughs> indian post is magical so after pune it is not traced so then is it past 15 days it's in uh, you know it's in pune or after pune it's 15 days have passed i'm sure it must have reached kolhapur by now even a person walking will reach kolhapur but uh, it's not a seen so is it quite just i i maybe i disagree because uh, my experience with indian post uh, speed personal has been very good and the tracking has always been updated but yeah i agree with that that uh, certain cases would have been there that uh, where such instances may happen may happen yes 
so good that you have had good experiences <laughs> but i don't know what is the reason but then you know there are lots of uh, reasons for uh, these kinds of uh, delays and that contributes to the workload because see the matter comes up for hearing and the only activity in that hearing is that he uh, you know notice or summons or whatever you want to call it is not yet received by the accused or you know the the party mm. so next date me granted mm. now that has to be that whole thing has to be recorded because it has to go in the record of proceedings yes. if this happened now that is a worthless time waste of the court staff and then the advocate says please grant me earliest date next week but the <laughs> judge says ki no next week is diwali vacations or christmas vacation <laughs> and vacations so, are always there okay there is either diwali there is you know like everyone wants to take their holidays which is you know personal leave which is different from the vacation right so advocate senior advocate is gone to us for holiday my lord senior advocate is coming in this case and he is in us for holidays please grant 15 days time then he has decided to extend his holiday by one more week so another 15 days is gone so these are all the issues and actually if you see in theory this need not this could not should not happen but the practical aspects are that it does happen then sometimes judges also get sick judges yeah. are not going to you know not fall sick without vacations so sometimes they also fall sick and mm. most of the by the time you become judge you get 100 ailments because of the stress so you already have diabetes you already have you know all sorts of backache and uh, all these sorts of ailments and definitely you need to uh, you know address those that is another reason yeah so broadly these are the reasons for delays and uh, we can't say like we can't play the blame game over here on a particular actor in the whole system uh, because each actor has its own problems and those problems are really very um they're justified they're yeah justified. justified justified because yeah it is very true that the judiciary is overburdened the workload is a lot same goes with the police and uh, though it is very organized on paper uh, it not always works according to what it's written on paper right no you see uh, this whole uh, because because it has its own system. reasons because yeah. it has its own reasons yeah the whole system you have to look at it as a holistic problem okay now i am telling you the reason is like you know someone said that there is a number of judges is the reason now they created lots of they appointed lots of judges they appointed judges where will they sit yeah this, this one of is the the, court, the old very... toilet was converted into a court room now <laughs> no i don't know about this very yeah. uh, it was a british structure okay where Now, did this happen can I, you mention I, let me not tell because <laughs> i'm telling you this it has happened many new people new clients don't know that where this judge is sitting now is actually used to be a toilet <laughs> in the british era <laughs> yes so they had i mean you can imagine the size of the toilets also they were like grand now they have been converted into court rooms so you can imagine the size of the toilets and the grandness of that place in when there were only two judges the thing is that what happened was this was a old british structure 
now that place has been upgraded to a, from a, a small taluka level place to a district level place and there are like you know 12 judges in that same building now there are 15 rooms so 12 judges can sit and you know uh, there may may be 15 chambers for them which has been created out of some uh, then there is a design work courts courts office staff uh, there are the office staff, yeah all these things and then you know where will these people sit where will the client sit so the clients can't sit in the court because the court rooms are so small that you know only 20 people or 10 people can sit and the number of cases in the day which are listed are like 50 so every person who comes there are two parties right for every case so there are 50 cases means there are 100 parties are already there and they have only 20 seats this is in one court and there are 15 such courts there is no place the point is that there is a paucity of infrastructure so it's not just from infrastructure side right up to number of judges number of support staff so judge is there but he doesn't have support staff what is the use there are police officers but there are no forensic teams today crime is more about solving forensics and then forensic teams there is no forensic labs forensic labs are not properly staffed they have staff but they don't have equipment if they have equipment that is not serviced so you have to look at the whole system as a whole okay you cannot take pick and choose ki this part needs reform once you reform because always it's like a you know if you have read this uh, book called goal it's a whole supply chain okay it's a system that needs once you solve one problem the other part which is not a problem becomes a problem okay so it's not about solving one one issue but solving a system as a whole and i would say that supreme court should look at its own affairs and look at how high courts are organized how the distribution of work is there how each high court should look within their own states how to organize better and work on reform you know court system is independent but there has to be reform embedded in the system right okay so now we have tried to understand the system properly um, by diving deeper into it like each and every aspect not we have not covered everything but we have i'm sure that our audience knows much more than what they used to know before about the justice system and what are the reasons for the delays and what are the problems so what are the solutions to it so one uh, basic solution which i feel is the like can solve more than 90% of the problems of the judicial system is by digitizing it even the problem of corruption will be solved more than 50% due to it not uh, completely but yes uh, for example as courts are forced now due to the lockdown uh, one positive effect i feel is they are forced to uh, use technology more uh, so video conferencing is held cases are heard online and stuff Uh, which i think <laughs> would have been started before that uh, for example when uh, the court used to adjourn the uh, matter because the one party is somewhere in kolhapur or sangli and he is to be produced in bombay high court or uh, mumbai sessions court say and she it used to just adjourn the matter because uh, the party cannot reach there so simply by making a video call it <laughs> the problem would have been solved okay 
but that approach is not there uh, right exactly and you know what you have highlighted is just the tip of the iceberg digitization is uh, you know it's a tool but before digitization you have to get the judges into digital mindset that exactly. what is relevant to the case not the procedure so procedure means they will continue to you know look at the minutia of the uh, procedure while neglecting the whole the justice has to be done in spirit not just in procedure what they are focusing on is lot of times procedure and that is not their fault also because these people when you become a judge by the time you become a judge you have spent about 15 20 years as an advocate and you have learned your digital systems or whatever your latest technology in mostly 10 15 years ago after that most of the time you are dealing with the older systems like when i am working i am talking about cases which happened in 1987 1991 so these are the times that i am talking about most of the time you know these are the events that i am talking about in court most of the time now when you look at this my approach to digitization has to be driven from me myself like an advocate as an advocate and when i reach that maturity when whole people who have come up with me they are uh, going to reach that maturity of digital awareness and using technology in day to day affairs then when they become judges or you know when the judges come from the same brackets then we will know these people the judges from our batch will then force technological change yeah so basically one must be con- in constantly in touch uh, with the new updates in technology yeah. i think more than judges lawyers and uh, clients have to be educated about digital uh, you know about digitization as it is and digital technologies that can help and assist them once that happens grow slowly slowly it will seep into the judicial system and it is too slow yeah because those lawyers will become judges so automatically so on yes yeah. and secondly you have to you know when judges have a little more time okay you can train them like in a corporate setting everyone goes for a training okay mm. you go for a training product training new product training some sort of training everyone goes to to just update themselves of the new skills okay all the judges need to be you know sent to digital training mm. and you know so that new technology they can themselves invent these solutions but they have to be made aware of the solutions and they have to you know sort of absorb the digital mindset now otherwise what happens is that digital mindset is if you force it it turns into a nightmare like bombay high court wants to have digital filings so i have to file digitally give a pen drive and the law says that i have to give a cd but thankfully the court office understands ki now cds are not available pen drives is okay so they accept pen drives for each case one pen drive has to be given and a print out and a uh, and uh, you know affidavit that whatever is in the pen drive is the same as what i am giving a print out <laughs> so instead of making a paper <laughs> what's the use what's the use of filing it digitally filing? yeah this is like a nightmare <laughs> because the digital mindset is not accepted it is me forced so you have to accept a digital mindset once it is accepted then you will see proper change yeah you know and ultimately you know uh, 
See, the ultimate effect, what is the use of law? The use of law is that it should strike a fear in the mind of a person who is about to commit a crime, not after he commits a crime. So that fear comes when you see people caught and tried and prosecuted and committed and, you know, mm. uh, they go to jail in front of your eyes. Yeah, so basically fast in short yes. span of time. It has to be fast and it has to be certain because I know that this person has committed a crime and I see that he's escaped. Then it is not a, you know, good system. When I see that, when I know that this person has committed the crime, even if I don't share, I see the police have reached to him and they have found him out and they have sent him to jail and the court has sent, sentenced him to whatever imprisonment he has, you know, committed for his crime. Then okay. I will think twice about committing a crime myself. Yes, so it exactly. is the certainty of punishment, not the quantum of punishment. And that is not uh, the current system exactly. And that's why people have this mindset that uh, uh, they are open to even committing crimes because they know that what will happen Exactly. Exactly. And you know, uh, there is another aspect when it comes to the parallel aspect to the civil law. And that is that the cost of compliance for any person should be so low that it should be easy to comply with the law. At the same time, if you break this law, then the cost of breaking the law should be very high. At this time, it is reverse. <laughs> so, we can talk about it in a separate episode, I think, because yeah. this is a big, big matter. Yes. And uh, once you resolve this issue, in criminal, I see that the person committing a crime is caught and tried and sentenced properly. I will be afraid to commit a crime. And in civil, I see that complying with the law is very easy, but breaking the law is tough. And once I break the law, it's a big headache and I have to pay a lot of penalty for breaking the law. Then it will be beneficial and you will see the society turning very quickly. Yes, you are absolutely right. So basically what point we are making is he in the current context uh, regarding the recent rape cases and all, reforming the laws like the rape laws or any criminal laws is not the solution. The solution is reforming the whole system, the judicial system, the police system. So people who are tweeting about uh, change rape laws uh, or even lame tweets like stop rape, I don't know what does it even make sense, <laughs> but uh, what we must talk about is solutions to the judiciary system and what we must uh, kind of maybe a revolution or pressurize more is reforming the system. So please talk about these things, at least when if we start talking about it, reforms may take place later. So all the viewers listening to this podcast I request you all to talk about these things talk about the solutions to the justice system reforming the justice system and maybe tweet more, share more share this podcast wherever you can and for listening to more such episodes please follow us here Uh, we'll come up with a new episode next week thank you all for listening to this podcast thank you